Welcome back to Outside for the Five Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Black. This podcast is about taking chances, owning my mistakes, addressing generational and family cycles and trauma, completing my 50-50s by list, and my life as a single mother of Gen Z. This is your first time listening. Welcome. Please subscribe and rate the podcast five stars. This episode is entitled, Let's All Struggle. If you listen to my podcast before, you know that I personally struggle with how I view my parenting. Um, I've done some things right, and there are some things that I wish I had done a little differently. I also believe that this can be a normal thought process for good parents. Many of the things that I did when I was raising my children are in direct opposition of how I was raised. Since I grew up in a cult, some of the things that we were discouraged against was like going away to college, like moving out and living on the dorm. And in some circles, if you're if you did leave home and go to college, live on campus, you'd be punished for that for it. And if your father was a leader in the cult, he could actually lose his position because um, of your because their child left and went to school. And I'll cover that in another episode. So, you know, as a single mother, I work full time. Um, with the majority of that time working multiple jobs. At one point, I worked three jobs at once. I did this out of necessity. One, the day before my oldest daughter graduated from high school, I was laid off. It was a very difficult time for us because we had just had a house fire a few weeks prior and we were homeless. Unfortunately, I had already found a place for us to move into but it wouldn't, we were unable to move in for a couple of weeks. So we knew that it was temporary. We stayed in at a standard stay, I like, I wanna say about two months. Once we moved in, you know, I was relieved that we had a home, absolutely. But I was concerned about the lack of steady income because I still had not gained employment. And the last thing I wanted was for my girls to be worried. Now my youngest was entering her senior year of college and we're talking, this is June, 2019. So this was during the summer before either girl, either one of them went for the next, for the fall education. I can't even think right now. So my oldest was entering her um, freshman year in college. So that, I, I remember discussing with the girls, you know, that, you know, I would do everything in my power to get us through this difficult time. Now, I will say that in the back of my mind, I don't even think I told the girls this, is that I was thinking once the youngest is in college, I'm done. Like I'm, I was gonna move back home, live with my grandmother and just regroup and kind of just de-stress because the last few years I just lived in, um, I was just living in struggle. I was living in panic mode. And it was, it was very difficult for me. So I thought, you know what? Once she graduates, I'm out. Of course, that did not happen as you can, uh, as you can see. But anywho, things were just so rocky. And I, I sometimes think, oh my gosh, how do we make it? Now, I, I can remember some really lean times for sure. But we made it. You know, I worked two jobs, sometimes three. Even back then, after 2019, just to make ends meet. But that summer... I didn't realize that my oldest had applied and got accepted to Tennessee State University. And we got invited to admitted student. I want to say it was called admitted student staff. I could be wrong. Uh, so I went there with her. And the at some point through this 
event day, whatever, the parents, guardians, supporters of the students were separated from the students. And one of the counselors came in to speak to the supporters about expectation and gave us some tips about how we can help our student to succeed. One of the things that he discussed was that oftentimes, and because TSU is a um, historically black college, they have a lot of African-American students. You know, and of course that means, you know, they're coming from struggles, single parent, all the things, you know, as a college and most colleges do have kids who come from struggles. Anyway, moving right along. So one of the um, counselors talking to us um, about the guilt and that some of these students felt and they felt obligated to help their fam- parents financially, although they were away at college. And he pointed out that at times that this guilt and this sense of obligation would be so great that these students would drop out of school to go back home and help their family financially. I remember just sitting there thinking about our current situation because I had not gained employment at that time and I was relying on delivery service gigs like Uber Eats, DoorDash, Instacart, Postmates. I was doing all of them. I was doing all of them. I was doing them all night long. And I, I, I was listening. I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I would not want her to abandon her dreams to come back home to help us financially. I, I just, I did not want that and I knew I needed and I had I needed to do something I had to do something and I had to try everything and eventually I was able to find work in retail where I still work to this day uh, and whenever I could I would send her money to help her out and then in 2021 fall of 2021 my youngest went to school on campus that first year she stayed home because of the pandemic anywho so we're gonna fast forward just trying to give you an idea, you know, being able to try to support both girls while I was here and they were both on their respective campuses. So it's, you know, phone call, text messages, that they need this, they need that. And I was trying and, and whew, doing everything I can to make sure that they had, because there was, I had, would have such guilt if they contacted me and I was like, oh my gosh, I really just don't have it. Or I would say, do you have to have it right now? And, you know, they were good about waiting, um, giving me enough time. But if it was dire or unexpected, they know I would come through. And I did. Somehow I did. You know, I would, honey, I would turn on the app and I would get the delivery. I was going to make that money to make sure that they had what they needed. Anywho. So I'm working at one of my jobs. And this was after I had received my um, income tax refund this year. Um, It was, you know, it's... It's, it's a little bit of a couple thousand, whatever. And I don't know, I was at work and I don't know. I, I think I was just feeling low. Yeah. And, but I had this money. I was thinking about the girls and I was like, you know what? I'm going to send them the money. I'm going to give them this, a good bit of this income tax. And I sat down, I figured it all out. You know, I'm, I'm working the two jobs and I'm like, I can send them this money. And so I sent them three different times, a couple hundred dollars, unexpected. And it felt so freaking good. <laughs> um, and they were excited and surprised. It just felt good. I still have that text message when they got it. I was like, oh, thank you, mommy, and whatever. And then my youngest announces that she told me that she was going to Belize. I think I already knew. 
but we didn't know how much because she got a scholarship and so she was like oh i need x amount of dollar it was more money a couple uh, i can't remember anything a couple hundred dollars and i sent her some money to help pay for her trip abroad to belize now i don't know I don't remember what started the conversation, but my coworker and I at one of my jobs was talking about how the girls were doing in college. You know, people ask me that all the time. And I'm not sure exactly what I shared, but I know that the conversation was about me sending the girls money. The recent money that the money had just sent the girls and my youngest going to Belize and helping her with Belize. But I don't remember exactly what I told her. And I know for a fact I didn't tell her how much because I don't do that. But you know what? She did not agree with me sending the money. She knew that I had sent money, not just this time, but, you know, throughout their time. It could be something I told. I, I honestly don't remember, but I do know that she knew that much. And she felt that was making them feel entitled. Now, what's interesting is that when I told the exact same thing to a white co-worker, she agreed. She was like, oh, that's good. You you know, to help your girls. You know, they and it was just like night and day, the response, the, the reaction to the exact same situation. And to me, it's just the kind of mindset that we need to shift in the black community. In the black community, we want our kids to leave the home as soon as they graduate. In some families, in some families, before I get bloody, did my mom in it? Some families, a lot that I know mine. Anyway, um, in some of our families in the black community, we want our kids to leave the home as soon as they graduate from high school. We say, you're grown, figure it out. Now, you know what I find interesting is that this was coming from a black woman, single mother of two. She was going back to school to earn her degree while going through a divorce. Now, we didn't get a chance to finish talking about this. She had to go back to work. But I implore her to think of what her life could have been had she had the support that I'm giving my children. And people want to believe that if parents support their kids, then they will be entitled and spoiled. And in some cases, that might happen. But let's be clear. I mean, I work for my money. And I gladly work. I didn't say gladly work. I gladly give some of my money to, to my children. Because in my mind, if we can work together, we can change the trajectory of what their life is going to be like. And instead of saying, well, that's how I was raised, so that's how you're going to be raised. She is someone that I like. So the conversation, it really didn't make me upset. And, you know, we both were laughing. So I want you to imagine laughing at the situation because, she was, you know, she was being playful, but serious. But she meant it. I shouldn't say serious. She was being playful, but this is what's her sense. And it, I really couldn't tell her, like I said, my view because she had to go back to work. But she kept interrupting me even when she was there. She kept saying, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Your kids are entitled. Because I said, you know, I, I think I said something about, you know, asking for more money. And the thing is that I have jokingly said to my children that sometimes they act like spoiled, entitled brats who didn't grow up in the struggle. Like, sometimes they actually do act like that, though. Now, I do I, I do not believe, excuse me, that my children are adult ready. Uh, I don't even think that they were going to, they're going to be 
ready when they both graduate from college. They're still going to need my support and guidance. Now, when I say support, I don't mean financially. I mean support on how to navigate as adults. And this is the thing about Black people who think like this, that who respond adversely to this type of thing. You think when telling your story and you say, I didn't have help. I didn't know this. And I was ill-prepared to be an adult. And you didn't get assistance. And you didn't get opportunities that um, people who had more money or, you know, they love to say white people had. And when you hear a black person, but those black people, when they hear a black person that says, I'll work harder so that my children can have this cushion, you want to respond and say, you shouldn't do that. I need y'all to explain this to me. You don't like the way you were raised, but you do think that's how everyone should be raised. I just, I don't get it. I, I absolutely do not understand that. Here's a different perspective based on the same conversation. I was in an Uber. The Uber driver, I believe, was from India. He told me. I, don't, I think he told me exactly where, but I know it was, he was some. He it was somewhere in India. He and I were talking, and he was telling me how he and his family lived with several generations under one roof. They've been doing this for as long as he knows. For as far as he knows, that's his, that's how his family lived. Seven gen- generations under one roof, saving up money, sharing the pool of money, basically creating and passing down generational wealth. And he says they don't use credit cards. His parents pay for him and his siblings to go to college. And he explained how his family were able to pass on this generational wealth. And this is how they were able to do it. And this is how they came out. And I let him speak uninterrupted because he had asked me about my kids. And I said, yeah, I have two. They're in college. He asked me um, that I pay for it. I said, um, I help them. I do I do pay for some of it. And they got scholarships and whatever. And he asked me, did they have to take out loans? I said, small loans, but yeah. I don't even know why I told this man that why he was all up in my business. I just don't care because he would have walked in right now. I wouldn't know who he was. But anyway, we were just having a conversation. Anyway, so, you know, he's bragging. I don't want to say brag. He was telling me about how his family, you know, were able to live all under one roof. And like I said, they don't believe in credit cards. And he don't use credit cards. And how his parents pay for him and his siblings to go to work. And then he really started getting kind of boastful about oh my parents paid for mine that's just how we do it and so he was I let him speak I didn't interrupt him I was a little heated I ain't gonna lie but I didn't interrupt him and after he stopped lecturing me on a better way to live using his family as an example I spoke and I told him I said I, I think that's great. I mean, your family left your country with a bunch of money because they were able to save, live together, and create this generational wealth. I think that's awesome. I said, but then you come here and tell a black woman of African descent that this is the difference between our cultures. And you can do this without acknowledging that you lived in New York in another country where your ancestors were not enslaved. And you have several generations of wealth, and I can't even name, get the name of my family who were enslaved. That's a big difference, I said to him. And I'm not sure if you noticed that I'm black and my, and therefore probably didn't know that I am a descendant of people who were enslaved. And between enslavement and Jim Crow and systematic racism, 
co-generating generational wealth just wasn't feasible for my family. And we can't go back. You know, so I'm going to tell y'all how many times he, oh, he went back so many generations. I said, now my family, we can't go back six to 10 generations and say that my family was able to earn a living and pass it down. We can't do that. We had to start from nothing. Each generation did improve on the last. But there are eight or so generations of wealth being passed down. And he immediately started stammering. Oh, oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh God. That's what he said. Oh my God. Of course. I think it's a shame what has been done to black people in this country. I still see it. Then he started coming to the realization that you can't say to a black family from this country who has struggled that has had to deal with racism on a level that he couldn't even possibly imagine. You cannot say to them, why are you not where I am? But even though he did do that, you you can't say to me that your great time six grandparents should have been saving up for you because that is what mine did. Because he literally said, mine has been, they were all saving, each generation saved for the generation that comes next. You, I, you can't say that to me. I, I Man, I want people like that to stop forgetting. I want you to stop forgetting that just because I have the freedoms that my ancestors didn't have, that we have the same rights and privileges. I, I can create a whole several episodes talk about how in my generation, I'm 48 years old, that I've been discriminated against just in my generation. In the workplace. Actually, I'm currently being discriminated against in the workplace. Although in my family, the generation have improved on the last. Like my parents improved up with their parents. We can do more if we remove some of these generational. And I change it from curses to cycles. Now, I think I talk, talked about that one time before. We can remove those generational cycles that don't serve us better. Such as supporting our children when they go to college teaching them how to invest and helping them and teaching them to create wealth that they can pass down if we can't do it teach them so that they can do it we may may not be at a point where we can say we have family wealth that was passed down to us five six generations prior however my branch of the family's tree can start accumulating and doing things differently Although I've not done everything right. When I get backlash from supporting my children, I can shrug it off and know that this is a generational cycle or family cycle that we are not repeating. And I feel great when I think about this portion of the generational cycle that I'm breaking. And when I think about the lyrics from y'all know who, Mary J. Blige, in the theme song, For My Life Just Fine. And this is how I honestly feel when I think about that. It's going to be playing in my ears like little birds when people can tell me I'm doing wrong by supporting my children. Honey, I like what I see when I'm looking at me, when I'm walking past the mirror. Don't stress through the night at a time in my life. Ain't worried about it if you feel it. Got my head on straight. I got my vibe right. I ain't gonna let you kill it. You see, I wouldn't change my life. My life's just fine. 
Meet me on the other side of Fortify as a podcast, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. New episodes released every Monday. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember to rate the podcast five stars so others can find it. And it helps me grow my podcast. Your feedback and support is appreciated. If you would like to share your story, please email me at host, that's host, H-O-S-T, at the other side of 45.com.